Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Shuart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We know we have a lot of tourists here in New Orleans. There used to be places that tourists didn't know about that were pretty much locals only. Then along came Yelp and other online tools, and now everybody knows about all the city's hidden secrets. Or do they? A new tourism company started up here in New Orleans in 2015. If you're not a tourist, you may not have heard of Joyful. That's spelled J-O-I-E-F-U-L. Joyful employs 21 people, has a 24-hour online concierge desk, and they're hooked up to over 4,000 local hotel rooms. And like the old-fashioned travel agency, they put together individualized New Orleans experiences. Aaron Dirks is founder and CEO of Joyful. Aaron, welcomed out to lunch. Thanks, Peter. Great to be here. Now, you don't need a travel agent or Yelp to tell you that the steam-driven calliope music you hear wafting over the French Quarter every day comes from the steamboat Natchez. The Natchez is only one of two authentic steamboats left on the entire Mississippi River. As of later this year, it's going to be one of three. The New Orleans Steamboat Company is set to launch a second steamboat on the Mississippi called the City of New Orleans. Gordon Stevens is the president, CEO, and co-owner of the New Orleans Steamboat Company. Gordon, welcome out to lunch. Great. Thanks for having me. Aaron, I'll start with you. I have to confess, I thought travel agents had largely gone the way of the telephone receptionist and the guy at the record store who could give you advice about good music. Extraordinarily useful people who have been replaced by robots, apps, or the internet. Joyful is described as a digital marketplace for easy-to-buy New Orleans experiences. What sets your company apart from other online tourist options, I believe, is that you tailor-make activities for tourists and go beyond even the insider info on Yelp into areas we locals still regard as local. So maybe you could start by walking us through how you actually do that. Now, what does a typical tourist interaction with Joyful look like? Sure, thanks, Peter. Uh, what we're seeing in over the last five years in, in the travel sector, especially from technology and marketplaces, is there's a demand for travelers and even locals to more engage their own cities or the cities that they're visiting in. Um, so the way that we approached that was by starting and partnering with the excellent providers of the large scenarios, like the Steamboat Natchez is one of our most popular sellers on the marketplace with Gordon's business and all of his tours actually, um, but then also searching out the diamonds in the rough in a city. That takes a lot of hard work. That takes a lot of feet on the ground, uh, which is harder for those multinational. Really, that sounds like the job I want, actually. Yeah, it yeah, is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, if, you're, um, if you have something special that you want to share with either your friends or family, or, or a, you're a venue that's trying to get more attention from the visitors, or maybe you're a little bit out the way, or you're in yeah. Bywater, or you're in Mid-City, but have something special that a visitor 
or even a local may not know, we're providing those marketing tools for them to be able to ticket special things. Now, Gordon, building and launching a steamboat in 2018 has got to be enormously challenging. Uh, beyond the financial investment of the boat itself, you have a huge number of logistical challenges, everything from hiring a crew to securing space to dock the new boat on the riverfront. And then you have to double the number of tourists who currently visit the Natchez. Presumably, you would not do this if you hadn't mapped all this out. So I would be right in presuming that you're currently turning away as many people as you are selling tickets on the Natchez. Uh, demand is high, I guess. It is. The demand is very high. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we've been around since 1975. The Natchez sailed for the first time in April of 75. We have many employees and crew members, captains, who have been with us since that time. So we have the nucleus that can easily take on another another vessel like the city of New Orleans. And uh, we'll be docking it right at the Lower Bienville Street Wharf at, uh, at the Riverfront Park. That's part of our, our lease for docking space. And so we'll operate it out of the same, same facility. So a lot of economies of scale there. And, uh, and our experienced crew who is involved in the renovation, we're acting as general contractors. We have Because you actually, um, rather than start it from scratch, you, you found a boat? We found a former gambling boat. The, uh, the, um, uh, it was a gambling boat in Illinois, the Rock Island Casino, and it's been, it was out of service for about eight years, and we bought it uh, about a year and a half ago. How does it compare in size to the, the one you have now? It's much wider because it was a gambling boat, wider than the Natchez. The Natchez is 43. This is 55 feet wide. It's not as long, but it's got uh, three large enclosed decks. So we'll be able to seat a lot more people inside and have more special events and parties and so forth. And you grew up we, in this business, right? I did. I, uh, I, I, I answered an ad in the Times-Picayune in 1976 for, uh, <laughs> for a controller's position uh, a year after the boat sailed for the first time. And, and in 78, became the general manager and 95 partner and president. So, um, so it's um, you know it's been uh, it's been a been a been a long run. Now, Aaron, what kind of thing do tourists most want to do, uh, particularly outside the quarters? Um, so, the, the guests that are walking up to the front desk, as you would, right. or to a concierge, are mostly looking for something within the next three hours. Oh, so over 70 percent of the experiences that are booked in New Orleans and most destination cities are within three hours of the experience. And so getting out to a far place, if, they're, if they have a rental car driving, is usually some of the late, later options. They'll first pick, hey, how do I get on the, the steamboat Natchez? How would I get uh, to a city tour so or a certain, walking tour? A certain number of them are talking to you two weeks or so before they get yes. there. Yes, yeah. But so the, a big number, just this is a... Absolutely. And Americans are typically the, the ones that wait. <laughs> uh, the Europeans and the, and, the, um, and the Eastern countries, they plan out much farther in advance. How do you make your money? So we buy our products at a wholesale rate since we're buying in volume, and we sell to the guest or a customer at what they would pay the provider ah. at the same price. What about, you know, one of the things I think of in New Orleans, uh, Aaron, is that, you know, people looking for an authentic experience and... But a lot of times, concierge is a little hesitant because in New Orleans, some of the best stuff is in kind of dicey neighborhoods. Like, you know, you, you guy says, I want to go see Kermit Ruffins, and you're like, you know, I don't know. What do you do in that situation? So we focus most of the bespoke, hyper-local opportunities to pre-arrivals um, and through digital uh, awareness. So our technology is 
is leveraging machine learning and learning about what the person is looking to engage into and serving up better recommendations than they would otherwise get from some other online travel agent or even a local provider that may not be aware of the 500 things to do. Um, and you're just looking for two. So to be able to make those very specific recommendations are best done and served through the technology application. The human recommendation, when someone's stepping up to a desk or a concierge or calling while they're here in town, oftentimes those folks are sending them to the more traveled tourist destinations. Gordon, the second vessel you mentioned might be a better set up for uh, conventions or big events and such. Uh, um, is that separate marketing for you? No, we, we do that on the Natchez. Uh, we, uh, between Natchez, we also own Gray Line Tours, uh, which has been here in New Orleans since uh, 1910. It was owned by the Toy Brothers, the toy cab company back then. But uh, we have Gray Line Tours and the Natchez, and um, last year we carried well over 500,000 passengers on the, on the, on the, in Gray Line and, and the Natchez, and we, uh, we do two seatings on our dinner cruise. I mean, we really have maxed out during the peak seasons, um, the business that the Natchez can do. How do you tell Aaron about when you're, you're visiting, uh, you're talking with a, somebody that's come up to you, let's say at, at the hotel, and they're, they're, they're probably all saying, I want to do something the locals do, but how do you get a feel for that person about what's really going to turn them on? It's more of an art than a science. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time making sure our concierge experience New Orleans themselves in the okay. areas that we have with our partners on the marketplace so that they can talk about their own experience with the providers or the ambassadors that they share time with or the gray lines and the on the Natchez for dinner. Um, so we spend a lot of time making sure that they experience it themselves so that when they're asking someone, well, what, what is your preference? Do you like more loud or quiet spaces? Are you more <laughs> gritty neighborhood or glitz and glam of a Canal Street, you know, so it's really that, it's in the, the asking the right questions. Airbnb, is that mm -hmm. a competitor to you or is it helping to bring more people into the city? Where, where do you stand with them? Uh, they're not a competitor, they're a lodging company. Now what they have started doing about 18 months ago is curating their own experience providers that are ex exclusive to Airbnb. So what we have been doing is working to help find other diamonds in the rough within cities so that lodging companies and, and other folks that are looking for those immersive experiences have an option to offer in competition. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Aaron Dirks from the travel agency Joyful and Gordon Stevens from the New Orleans Steamboat Company. Gordon, can we go through how you made the decision to bring in the extra vessel? I mean, it's obviously something you put a lot of thought in uh, into, and you've probably been probably years in the making how, how did you how did you do the math and the and the finance and the business I know for instance sometimes loans are tough to get for people in the tourism side how, how'd you think it through well you know what we're doing with this as I mentioned a, a little before this but uh, the uh, the fact that we're acting as general contractor and we're spreading the renovation out over over the better part of two years uh, you know, not doing the work at a shipyard, using topside uh, repair companies and other vendors and, and, and uh, tradesmen that we have worked with through the years on the Natchez. We're saving a lot of money that way. And by spreading it out, we're taking money out of our operations uh, uh, and putting equity into the vessel. We'll probably have 
well more than 50% equity in the boat by the time we're finished uh, compared to the debt that we might take And we on. talk about the, yeah. the math, it's good that you were able to spread it out, but you weren't getting any revenues during that time, so that had to be a little little tough. No, we're not. The other companies are, are, are carrying it very well, and, uh, and uh, we, uh, you know, our bank's supporting us in the, in the project. So How do you know you have enough demand? Well, we see what's happening with the Natchez, and also competition is another factor. You know, we know that you know New Orleans is just bursting at the seams, and and other other uh, vessel operators and people are are looking at oppor- looking for opportunities and places. And so, a factor is if we don't do it, someone else will. And so we're you don't we're want protecting that competition. Our surf. Exactly. I've got to ask you both a question, that, uh, and that is. Is it possible to have too many tourists? I know your natural answer is is no, but I mean, for the sake of the city. The, the same question could be asked, is there a possibility to have too many cars in the infrastructure? Is there too much wastewater going through? Um, of course, there's a point at which it, too many humans in a jurisdiction <laughs> constrain the infrastructure. And it is, quite frankly, we're straining, yeah. but you see now another 10 to 15 percent of new hotel inventory coming online in the next 24 months. We have professional operators bringing on new tourist attractions uh, into the city. You have transportation options increasing. You see the blue bikes out now. There's going to be electronic bikes and other other technologies coming forward um, to to bring more resources. But you you can't have a wave that's too large too fast. Or then you'll start turning, a, people have a bad experience. Uh, but we, New Orleans has, for the last couple hundred years, has done pretty good handling the, the waves. So. <laughs> now, Gore, what do you think? I mean, uh, obviously demand is a, is a great thing for you, but uh, can we, are we straining too much? Uh, we're reaching that point, I think, and, uh, and, and our political leadership uh, and involvement of the industry, too, in that, but uh, our political leadership really needs to step up and do the right kind of planning uh, uh, that we need, particularly for the French Quarter, but throughout the tourism areas. I've got great hopes that we have a good city council coming in um, and a new mayor. So, you know, the, the, the pieces of the puzzle are there. I just hope that um, that they can take action, be innovative, and, and, and listen to the experts and do some things that might help us grow in a thoughtful, planned way. And Gordon, how does Gray Line fit into the, the whole picture? Uh, we had an opportunity to buy Greyline um, in 1980. Uh, now most in, of us in, just see them, uh, yeah, tour buses in, on in a, St. Charles In a partnership with Hotard Coaches, and we own 100% of the company now, but uh, it's bus tours, walking tours, and, uh, um, you know, we appreciate uh, Aaron's uh, support and sales, but we, uh, we have a lot of concierge and freestanding uh, ticket locations where we uh, sell our Gray Line tours and, and Natchez tickets, and so it, it fits into the package. You were asking how can we yeah. promote this new boat and how we can market it. Well, you can Gray Line in front of the ship. That Gray Line is a big factor in that. Uh, we have a uh, separate special events company that we operate out of our office called Visit New Orleans Special Events, and we take on parties and special dinners and parades and just all that meeting planning kind of thing, and that's been very successful. And do you also take them out to the plantations? We'll do that. Oh, yeah, we do plantation tours with Gray Line and uh, um, the whole gamut of, uh, of bus tours. <laughs> now, Gordon and Aaron, this is the part of the show we call Another Great Idea. Uh, maybe you've got a friend like this, somebody who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or 
great investment opportunity you should jump on. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have turned out really great. Or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice and how did it turn out? Aaron? Yes, um, 10 years ago, it was a couple years after Katrina, uh, two well-known entrepreneurs in town, uh, Kevin Langley and, and Jude Olinger, invited me to lunch because they had something exciting they wanted to tell me about. At that lunch, they told me about an organization called Entrepreneurs Organization. It's a global group of entrepreneurs. You have to, to qualify, you have to do a million dollars in revenue um, and have the majority ownership of your business. Other than the impact of my 20-year wife and partner in life, it has been the most impactful thing that I've done as an entrepreneur. Um, two of my dear friends are here today with me. This, we're lifelong it's friends now. because you're paying for their yes. lunch. You do know that. That is, okay, that is also a, helpful. There's something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put that bottle of tequila back. Um, so Entrepreneurs Organization is um, a twofold benefit. It's a global education. Travel. You can travel the world and learn all about and get speakers, world-class speakers and experiences. But you also have a local forum that you spend four or five hours a month with to experience share with the kind of people that you don't have often the opportunity to share entrepreneurial challenges or successes. Um, and so it, it really has been And they have the them in other thing. cities? and all, all over the world. Wow. So you're glad you, you said yes to that one? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Gordon, what about yourself? Well, um, I thought about this question. I have a couple of, couple of three answers for you. Okay. Um, um, I have, uh, have my good friend and partner here today, uh, Peter Moss. Uh, we, uh, we started the business called Cafe Beignet in 1990 on Royal Street, and it was kind of by accident. I had an idea <laughs> that we could sell a lot of tickets in this city-owned location. Peter thought that, well, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a garage for the police motor scooters, and, uh, and then it was a, a, a sleazy barroom, too, on the antique... Uh, uh, row know, there, row, yeah. Row there, and so he wanted to get just get rid of the place, and so we bid on it and got it and got into the coffee business by accident, and so uh, we've been in it ever since. Had quite a few different locations now, that location and two major locations, one on Bourbon Street, and one on Decatur that we opened up this past year, and and a couple of more good ones in the works. So, so what does um, that look like for you now? You originally thought it would be great to sell tickets and get the award. Are you getting revenue? From, I mean, is it working on both sides, the coffee and the? Uh... It's working extremely. It's a restaurant now, and uh, and and it's doing extremely well. And and uh, and we also were uh, were motivated to save the frost top icon at Calhoun and Claiborne a couple of years ago and we bought that place and righted the root beer mug and put it back right, up. Right, it was on, upside on, down on after Katrina, yeah, right? right? There's a right. I remember seeing you and Peter right. up there on the ladder yeah. and it was a yeah. 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 <laughs> Wow that Yeah. But a uh, couple other answers to that question. Uh, uh, Bill Dow, who was the founder of the New Orleans Steamboat Company and the Natchez, um, he for years he still tells me this when I see him, he lives in New York. Um, and has a boat business up there in the Adirondacks, but uh, he, he, he would always tell me, you know, one, one little phrase or thought to live by is always think the best of people. And that's, uh, that's helped me a lot. That's helped me in a lot of situations and, and uh, you know, where you can fly off the handle or judge too soon, but, but just to always think the best of people, and I've loved, uh, loved those words. 
And uh, another one was from my father. I lost him when I was 10 years old. But some, uh, in a letter and, and some other things I had, he had told me his little advice, piece of advice for me back then when I was just a little boy was think before you act. And uh, I wish I had always done that. <laughs> <laughs> but on the second ship, you, you definitely thought before you acted. We did. There's we a, did, yeah. yes. <laughs> Apart from St. Louis Cathedral and Bourbon Street, there's nothing more quintessentially New Orleans to tourists than the steamboat with its churning paddle wheels and joyful calliope. The only thing that could be even more New Orleans is two steamboats. So, Gordon, we look forward to welcoming the City of New Orleans steamboat to the City of New Orleans later this year. And, Aaron, we look forward to welcoming tourists into our regular lives over the coming year as well. It's been great to meet both of you. Thank you, Gordon and Aaron. Thanks for taking the time to join me today and Out to Lunch. Thanks very much. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Gordon Stevens, President, CEO, and co-owner of the New Orleans Steamboat Company, and Aaron Dirks, the co-founder and CEO of Joyful. You can find out more about Gordon's Steamboats and Aaron's travel agents by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and It's New Orleans Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Shewart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. 